Hello and welcome to series two of my DIY handbook. If you just discovered me and this podcast, welcome along. And if you've been rocking with us since series one, then welcome back. This podcast is for the creative, the freelancer, the entrepreneur, those who have ideas that they want to get off the ground. I'm a DJ, broadcaster and label owner, and I've been working in the music industry for over 10 years. And this podcast is all about me sharing what I've learned so far and continue to learn. So hopefully it will help and equip you for what may come on your journey to your dream career. In series two, we'll be exploring rejection, money, well-being, contracts, value and more. I'll be joined by a variety of guests who I admire, some who've been on a similar journey and some who are bona fide experts in those challenging areas. So I hope you enjoy our conversations and you can take away gems of advice and food for thought. If any of these episodes resonate with you, then feel free to get in touch. Give us a follow on Instagram, DIY underscore handbook underscore, or follow me directly at Jams Supernova. All right, let's dive in. Knowing your value can be one of the most empowering and affirming feelings in both your professional and your personal life. It allows you to take pride in what you have to offer. You can put boundaries in place when you feel like you're being tested and you can make decisions with your chest without fear of consequences. Now, the exact opposite of what I said can be true if either you feel that you're not being valued or you don't value yourself. And not feeling valued can have such a huge impact on our daily lives and our output. With the help of content creator, speaker, and Sunday Times best-selling author, Tony Tone, I wanted to talk through the spectrum of value, from asserting it, to finding it, to owning it. Tony, thank you so much for joining us on the DIY Handbook. I have been following you for some years now, and I remember at the beginning of the year, listening to your podcast and walking my dog and thinking, oh, you know, I really, I really like you, basically. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. That's all good. Is it weird that I guess you live so much of 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 yourself online, or you give so much of yourself online? Um, is it weird that people, I guess, feel like they know you? I guess I get it on a radio sense, but you must get it in a different way. Yeah, I guess it, it is kind of weird, but in a way, like I, I like it to an extent. <laughs> Obviously, like there's a limit, but I guess what I do, especially with my writing, is partially like trying to share my experiences and my thoughts. And it's quite nice knowing that people relate to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how, what, what would you describe your like your job role as? I, I, I would say like aspirational life coach. Oh, would you? <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I've never really thought about it in detail, but... Um, yeah, I, it's hard to pinpoint because some people would say I'm an author based on my book. Some people would say I'm a content creator based on what I do on social media. Mm. Um, but I guess one thing that probably does link that all together is providing advice. So yeah, maybe an advice coach, I would say. Yeah, an, an agony aunt, but in a modern modern sense. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not limited to just one thing. It's not limited to just careers Um but it's also limited to to love and also well-being as well, isn't there? Sort of sort of different factors in which you talk about. Yeah, I tried to do a bit of everything. A lot of people do know me for my writing on love and relationships because that's usually what goes viral and what trends. But um, I've written about everything from mental health to 
uh, friendship to career to self-love and confidence. So I do write a bit about everything that typically I would say that people struggle with and, and my audience, the majority of my audience is women. So I do bear that in mind when I write. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to see, I guess, what, how, what I wanted to talk to you about in this episode was about the, the essence of value. And for me, it was thinking about value in a, in, a, in a work sense, in a career sense. But I wonder, through talking to you um, during this episode, whether we can apply some of the lessons that you have given us um, in terms of value in the, the way that we value ourselves in relationships and love whether mm. they can be transferable skills in the way that we value ourselves um at work so when you think about value what are some of the things that spring to mind what, what makes you value yourself I think value comes with being able to see yourself as this whole person and that is outside of your achievement, your material possessions, outside of career success and, and just understanding that, you know what, you were created whole, um, no mistakes were made when you were created and your job is, is to enjoy your life and also to tap into your potential to be the best person you can be. But seeing yourself as this whole person I think is important. I think value also comes in the form of... Uh, being able to forgive yourself for your mistakes and understanding that you are human at the end of the day. And mm. if you do make a mistake, if you do make an error or fail at something in any way, it doesn't make you any less valuable as a person. And also, uh, I think value is intertwined with um, knowing that you are deserving of good things. You are deserving of love. You are deserving of respect. You are deserving of compassion and having that empathy with yourself as well. Mm, so we set up the boundaries of, of value. I, I like that because it's, I, I, again, taking everything that you've just said, that can be applied to to love, to career, to you in, um, in, in friendships um, and to you in the sort of general world as well. But value ebbs and flows, isn't it? Because you could be the most confident person and something could knock it or something could, you know, make you see yourself in a different way. And I guess so much of the way that we value ourselves is how other people see us and um using that as a metric is is always dangerous i wanted to pull out a quote from june sarpong actually in the last season so we had her on and we were talking about diversity and what our careers have been like as as, as black women in, in the media space and um she said there's something that was really powerful and it really stuck out to me and i, and I wanted to know what you made of it she was like if you place your value on the way that you have been rejected in your career, um, then basically as a black woman, you're going to find it really, really hard because rejection is kind of what we come up against continuously. So if you allow the rejection to be the value that you see in yourself, then basically forget it. This is not the career for you type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would say that... Um, it's it's really dangerous to assign value to failings and achievements um, because um, stuff happens. Sometimes uh, we don't get selected for certain jobs. Sometimes uh, other people have more opportunities. Sometimes we are discriminated against and um, our value does not lie in other people's ability to see our worth. Our value lies in our own ability to see our worth outside of our career successes or our opportunities in relation to work. So, yeah, I think that's that's really important advice. 
Yeah, to look within first before you seek external validation. Yes, exactly. And I think like and one thing that I've I've written about, and I wrote about this in um, my book about self-love being important for like positive relationship experiences. But I think self-love is important, not just for relationship experiences, but self-love being important for life in general, for career experiences, for navigating friendships. Like I think that's, that's core to really, really assigning value to ourselves. Mm. I wanted to ask you, I mean, you sound so assured and so confident and I wanted to know, have you always been like this or has there been a time in your life when you haven't felt valued? Definitely. And I still, and as self-assured as as I um, come across or I sound to people, I think that, um, like you said earlier, value could definitely ebbs and flows sometimes as far as how we see value in ourselves. And there are moments or there are days where I wake up and I do not feel my best or I feel down because I felt like someone I cared about or or, uh, something I really wanted um, didn't manifest. And as a result, my, my value wasn't assessed or acknowledged. And I still have those emotions, but I would say I'm, I'm the most confident now than I've ever been. But as a, as a teenager, I definitely struggled with, with feeling confident and feeling valued. And I think that stemmed from, from different things. So I went to a predominantly uh, white school. I grew up in Oxford um, pretty much my whole life. I moved from Nigeria when I was young, very young. And I started living in Oxford and Oxford in the 90s was not as diverse as Oxford in 2021. And as a result, I definitely went through periods of thinking I wasn't good enough, partly because I didn't look how I thought I was supposed to look, i.e. like I wasn't white and I wanted to look more like my friends. I didn't talk how my friends talked. I didn't behave how they behaved as far as I was concerned. And I felt like, oh, I, I really want to assimilate. I really want to to fit in. And I made the mistake of, of, and a lot of young children do this and a lot of teenagers do this, assigning value to appearance, like thinking, if I look a certain way, then people will treat me a certain way. And unfortunately, we see that reflected in society a lot as, as true. Um, but that's not where your value lies because... The same way that people change day in, day out, the way you assign your value day in, day out, appearance changes day in, day out. And to say that I'm a value if I look like this means that if you don't look like that, you're not a value and you don't believe other people are. So that was something I definitely, definitely had to unlearn. Um, And also understanding that one person, like another, you know how they say um, another man's trash is another man's treasure. I think like understanding that one thing that someone else might say, oh, this isn't valuable. Another person might say, you know what, this is priceless. This is incredibly valuable. And also understanding that the same way uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, value is in the eye of the beholder. And as long as I, as the beholder, see value in myself, I will always have value. So I had to learn that through many a mistake, (laughs) many a trial and error. Um, And when I was young, I was bullied as well. So that didn't help. But um, thankfully, like one person who really inspired me and still does is my mum. And she's a super, super strong, confident woman. And anytime I had those moments where I felt like I wasn't good enough, she counteracted that. And I was quite lucky to have that support system and, and still am. 
Oh, your mum, I've watched, um, if anyone is, is listening to this right now and, and is wondering, you know, trying to Im- imagine Tony's mum, you don't have to imagine because there's a <laughs> TV show called High Life and your mum is, is, a, is a star of it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> really is. the leading lady for me. Um, <laughs> she's brilliant. Thank you so much. I will tell her you said that. She yeah, that. please do. Please do. She can be the, the mum of the nation as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> but you said something really interesting about one man's trash being another man's treasure or one woman's trash be another woman's treasure and um that is something that i definitely experienced um in relating sort of uh going through a going through a patch where i didn't feel valued and it was like that literal sort of metaphor is what kind of got me out of that funk um, so when I'd been on, I'd been on, on One Extra as a broadcaster, which is, you know, all I'd ever wanted since I was 18. And I'd been on there for a couple of years and I decided that I was um, going to step away from doing the daytime show, which was a Saturday and Sunday and just focus on my Tuesday night show, which is specialist late night show. Um, and as I sort of took that step away from the daytime schedule, I felt like I had become a little bit of an island within the station and I kind of was on the other foot of things of not being, I guess, included in certain lineups or mm. or the show not being spoke about. So I felt like what I did on a Tuesday night wasn't being valued and I felt like because of what I did on the station was so unique on the station, there was no one else playing that music or having those artists, that people weren't kind of getting what I was what I was doing so I started to, you know I started to sort of started off as a little four and then it started to like manifest into this big thing of like really not feeling value no one gets my show no one understands what I do mm. you know no one cares that I'm here type thing um and it and yeah it, it, it the way that it kind of came out was in different behavioral ways as well so I think that I would I guess become negative before going before going into the building or you know I would allow myself if I was in the building talking to people to kind of get caught up in the like negative rhetoric of gossiping or um okay. you know or just kind of like you know tra- tra- like sort of trash talking you know being being part of it and 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 not being like um not sort of like holding not holding back really just kind of going in if someone wanted to have a moan I'd have a moan with them about whatever um, and then I developed like this issue of newer people coming into the building, not saying hello. Um, so say if I was on air and someone was on air after or they were coming through the building and I'm on air and they know I'm on air, but like, not, saying, not saying hello. And I would think that that was really rude. Like, how dare they not say hello? Like, you know, and I, what I think that actually was when I look back there's obviously nothing to do with those people because now I know when you come into the building, half the time you think someone's busy when they're on air anyway. Yeah. Um, but also it was because I wasn't feeling seen. Okay. So because I wasn't seen, feeling seen by, say, my employees, I was kind of not then thinking that nobody's seen projecting. me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, projecting it. So I, I was in this rut and I just really wasn't feeling it. I was really sort of like, I would say bitter, and um, I had a trip to LA where I went to go and um, do some interviews out there for a special show. And um, whilst I was out there, I kept getting stopped. Like in the street, in the bars, at the festivals that I was at. And everyone was like, yo, you're jams from one extra. Yo, oh, wow. you, yeah, you, <laughs> you were the first person to play my stuff, man. Like, you know, whatever. Like things, and it was like, it happened throughout the whole two weeks. And it was like... I was like, oh my God, people actually are checking for me. 
people actually are listening like people actually know know what I do and it was like a real kind of moment of like of of assurance that I needed in that I knew that my work wasn't going unnoticed it's just that I was looking at the wrong people that didn't need to you know I I didn't need them to be into it It's, it's these artists that matter it's 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 this scene that I'm providing a platform for. It's, it's about the music. Okay. It's about the artist. I had to go back to like the beginning of what I do. I had to change the metric. It wasn't about impressing the station. It was about what going my... where you're being celebrated. There you go. Yeah, go where you're loved. Yeah, exactly that. And it was just it was just crazy. I came back from that trip like so such a different person with such different energy and since then the show has got it, it sounds better you know I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a different person when I kind of got to the roots and the nuts of like okay well why do I do this who's it for okay it is for the unheard artists it is for the different scenes it is for a global audience so actually if no one gets it here that's okay that's fine yeah, of course I think what you said is so important a lot of people can probably relate to what you said and and they go to places or they focus their energy in trying to impress um, in certain avenues or in certain groups when actually there are endless people, lots of people that appreciate what they do, love what they do and how they do it. And it's about being able to just like channel your energy. Like, am I going to focus on the negative or am I going to focus on the positive and and the people who do appreciate me and do see my value? And And I love that you were able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that kind of ties back into uh, something in your book about love being a choice. We have a choice of who we fall in love with. And I think that there comes a time where your your value is a choice as well. If, 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 if these people aren't seeing it, you have the choice to go and find it within or move or shift the dial. You have mm, to get to that yeah. point, don't you? Yeah, exactly. When you think about your journey in your career... Um, has there been any areas that you feel like have been like, I guess, like real, real hurdles that you've had to over overcome? Yeah, definitely. I would say in the beginning, one major hurdle for me was naysayers and people having a lot of negative things to say about what I was doing. So prior to me releasing my book, I was sharing a lot of my thoughts and ponderings on social media, particularly Twitter. And I remember uh, around the time like my Twitter started to grow, I was getting a lot of abuse online. And it was weird because it wasn't even abuse over me saying um, something that was harmful or really negative or really dangerous and damaging. A lot of the abuse was down to me writing a lot. So I would get people messaging me saying, I should shut up, I should stop writing, people tweeting, all she does is right no one wants to hear we've heard enough be quiet heal and in the beginning it was tough because I knew what I wanted to do I knew why I was doing what I wanted to do um but there were a lot of people that I felt were almost like trying to stop me in my tracks or belittle um what I was trying to achieve and there was a moment where I almost quit. I almost gave up because I thought to myself, you know what, maybe this is like a sign. Like people were telling me to shut up, that I write too much. And it was like this, I remember one day I I got trolled by like, (laughs) I don't know, like a a fraction of London for writing too much. And that was like the joke of the day. Like Tony writes too much and they had all these nicknames for me. And that day I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do this anymore. And I remember talking to my family about it. And my mom was just like, Tony, look, look at, everything you've achieved thus far, how are you going to let a handful of people 
um, that don't even really matter to you or your life stop you from doing what you enjoy, which is writing and, and talking about your emotions and helping other people with their emotions and articulating it. And that was a massive challenge, but I had to, I had to listen to uh, her and I had to give myself a pep talk and say, you know what, like, I know why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I've struggled in the past with managing my emotions and I have a skill and that skill is being able to articulate what other people struggle to articulate. And I had to do what you did with your example rather than focus on the uh, hundreds of people who are telling me to be quiet. Why not focus on the thousands of people who have messaged me thank you oh my god I can relate to this this is amazing I'm so glad you wrote this and I had to reprogram my thinking and rechannel my energy in the process I blocked hundreds of people <laughs> but I think it, it also helped me to say yeah you know what human nature we're so quick to focus on everything that's going bad but what about the good what about mm. the people who actually appreciate what I do and that was a massive challenge in the beginning, getting past the trolling, getting past the naysayers. But once I did, it was the best thing I could have done. Because now if I get anyone, if anyone writes anything to me, I just think, you know what, at the end of the day, who are you to me, right? Who are you to me? And what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, what I'm doing is trying to help people and I'm trying to add value. And it's, it's proven. It's proven in the result. It's proven in what they say. And I'm not going to let a handful of negative people disrupt that and and I do think sometimes people we will belittle your dreams because they lack the confidence to follow their own yeah. and so they see you putting yourself out there taking this massive risk being really public with your emotions being really vulnerable and they hate that not because they hate what you do but because they wish they could do it or sometimes I get people even to this day I don't even know why people buy into her stuff it's common sense. I don't know why people follow her it's not revolutionary the I mean, ironic thing is Whenever I've done anything I've done, I've never thought I'm doing it to be revolutionary or new. I'm doing it because I know that sometimes people just need to be reminded of the things they already know deep down. Sometimes they just need that supportive voice to say, you know what, you already know this. You need to do this for the betterment of you, your relationships, your friendships, whatever it is. And I know my role is to be that supportive voice. And so throughout my career, even to this day, I have to remind myself that People will always have something negative to say, but you need to focus on your purpose. If what you are doing, you are doing from a good place and you are doing it in a way that adds value to the people around you or the people that engage with it, then keep doing it. So yeah, it's, it gets... It gets tough sometimes, but I keep I keep pushing. <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, it's, and I know, like you know, the internet is a harsh place. Like it is, it, it, it's hard work, you know. And I think that is really where you have to develop a, a lot of thick skin. That's something oh, that I've had yes. to learn um, this year with the with the opinion of others, and especially when you have to come down to the nuts and bolts. Are you saying this about the? Are you saying this about the actual essence of my work, or are you just saying it? because of a headline you know not without yeah. without actually digging digging deep in um but I love I love I love how you how you how you got through it and again like you know big up your mom for for <laughs> for, for for yeah making you see it because it's, it's crazy when you talk to your family as well it's like especially when your family love you and and they care about you and they see that your your value is is your value is wavering because of the thoughts of others and they're I think it's hurtful for them to see and and to hear that sometimes because it's like, you know, I, I think when I've spoken to my mum sometimes about things and she's like, but then it makes me feel, have I not done a good job? Mm. Because you're bigger than this. You're better than this. Wow. 
Wow. You know, have I not done a good job? And you're like, yeah, you have done a good job. <laughs> you have. Okay, all right. I'll go, I'll go back out there then. Okay. <laughs> it's a, but it's, it is a tough one when, you know, I guess, and I'd be interested to know about your journey actually from on. the online world into the literary world because it's weird what people know you for or how long people have known you. So, for example, like I've been working at the BBC since I was 19. So there are some people that have known me as this fresh-faced 19-year-old um, and they will not be able to get that out of their head. You know, it doesn't matter what I do, how big I get, the achievements that happen. To them, I'm just Jamila. And, you know, oh, Jamila will be fine or she's she'll be fine or she's, you know... It's it's very different, I think, when a newer DJ or or even a newer member of staff comes in, um, and they haven't known that that younger side of them. They they kind of I guess get a different amount of respect. So it's I've had to learn a lot about telling people how they make me feel mm. um, when I haven't felt like they have valued who I am today. Yeah, I think sometimes. Yeah, we were in positions where we definitely feel the need to do that. And But one thing I do say to people is sometimes you don't even have to speak. You let your work speak for you. And people can want to play down your achievements. People might want to overlook your value. But at the end of the day, if you see value in yourself and you keep pushing as a result, your work will speak for you regardless. So I get what you mean because sometimes I know like people will see me and they see like my book out and they think, oh, that's just the girl that tweets a lot. It's like, she's unserious. This isn't a a serious person. Like this isn't a serious book. And for me, it's like, okay, you can keep saying that. But when book number two comes out and book number three comes (laughs) out, we're going to see like who's serious and who's not serious. And I guess one of my uh, flaws, but also one of my strengths is I can be a very petty person. I'm not going to lie to you, <laughs> Jam's like, I can be very petty. So when people throw arrows my way, then, or when people, I think Drake even has a lyric in, in one of its, on a, one of his songs, he said, they wanted to throw soil on my name, but I just grew up out of it. And I've started to like approach things with that frame of mind like if someone wants to doubt me then feel free to doubt me but I'm going to show you and I use their doubt as a motivator and like as some sort of like drive to just fuel what I want to do and after I went through like some of the stuff I went through with people doubting me and I went through this like pick me up and I had to like really rev myself up once I did that, I was like, okay, I'll show them. I'm going to show them. And that was the fuel I almost kind of needed to really go full throttle. And yeah, sometimes people like, you, if someone if someone has an opinion of you and they, they want to box you in, they'll find a way to box you in. Like they're going to find a way, even if you try and convince them otherwise. And sometimes you just need to like say, you know what? It's not about convincing you personally, but my work will speak for me and my work will will do the talking. Mm, Definitely. Yeah, I guess because if you start getting into the the sort of, I guess, the rut of trying to prove to someone that you are worthy, then the carrot can always move. Yeah, exactly. And that is not a good place to be in. And I feel like I, yeah, definitely at the beginning of my career, there was always a carrot moving and, and, and a carrot dangling. Um, and I would, it would be like, okay, well, you know, all right, you want to have a show, okay, cool. Well, first of all, yeah, you're not good enough. Okay, all right, now you're good. But no one knows who you are, so let's make let's get people to know who you are. Okay, now the people know who you are, but you're not what we're looking for. Are you up, are you up for changing what we, what you offer? No. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, now you're good. You, people know who you are. 
but there's just no space. Because like, there's always like something. And I think it was only when I was actually like, no, fuck this. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm good now. Like, I'm actually, I'm cool. Actually, I'm cool where I'm at. Which is, I'm good where I'm at. I'm happy what I'm doing. I know that I'm good. I know what I'm offering is of value. That was when they, they, they then sort of turned and, and offered to me the thing that I had kind of wanted the most and, and, and wanted the longest. And actually, when I think about relationships now, and think back to previous relationships like that was like my formative years of like you know 18 to 20 24 um and during that sort of 18 to 20 sorry I was kind of in not in a not in a relationship but in a situationship okay but there was always a carrot yeah so if you just do this or if you don't say this then maybe maybe we'll be together you know maybe maybe that kind of sort of relationship of, of 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 maybe we'll be together if if and when this happens if and when that happens oh no that hasn't happened so da 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 but I think it I think it coincided actually with um me being at 24 turning 25 being in a healthy relationship where there was no carrots with me also then having the confidence at work to not chase the carrots anymore. Okay. So you went through this like transitional process in personal and career career life where you were like, okay, I see my value in this aspect of my life and that's being now going to reflect in this other aspect of my life. Exactly. Do you okay. feel like there is a link between the way we allow ourselves to be treated in love and the way we allow ourselves to be treated at work? A hundred percent. I definitely think there's a link because I think when when you allow yourself to be treated or, or when you have certain non-negotiables and, and boundaries in your personal life, you tend to carry certain non-negotiables and boundaries in your career life. And I think that the self-love that someone possesses that enables them to say, you know what, I will not accept this or I will accept this or this is what I want. Um stimulate a certain level of assertiveness in in work as well because if you know what you want personally then you tend to know what you want career-wise a lot of the time and I think that sometimes when you see people struggle um in in or often when you see people struggle in romantic relationships that's quite indicative of struggling all round and I'm not saying struggling in the sense that um you have bad days because everyone has bad days in romantic relationships, but struggle in the sense of asserting their boundaries, asserting their wants, asserting their desires, asserting their non-negotiables, understanding they're worthy. Um, it's very rare that that kind of person in a romantic relationship will assert respect and worthiness in the workplace. So they are definitely, definitely intertwined. And and one thing I like to do on, on social media, even though some people see the word relationships and always like assume romantic I will write relationships, but when I write relationships, I'm not strictly talking about romantic ones. Mm. Relationships are relationships as long as it involves more than one person. So it could be a friendship. It could be a a work relationship with a colleague. It could be a parental. It could be a sibling relationship. Anything that applies in your romantic relationship has a direct impact to all the other relationships in your life and as far as how you see yourself. So, yeah, I, w- I would say there's a massive connection there. And one thing you wrote about was that love doesn't have to be struggle or, you know, let's say, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or insert anything, doesn't have, you know, anything, anything relationship-wise doesn't have to be a struggle. And that is sometimes what we're conditioned to believe that, uh, you, know, you know, of course yeah. we know things are, life can be hard, you know, we get, we get that, we understand that. But I feel like always, 
always allowing yourself to be in the struggle means that you don't get to actually breathe and enjoy the moment. And I think that as my value grew, I think I just accepted struggle as if everything's going to be hard, everything's an uphill battle, everything's got to be a fight. But as my value grew and as I've grown older, I actually resist the struggle a lot more. I'm like, actually, do you know what? Is this where I should be giving my time to right now? Is this, is this something that needs to be unlocked right now? Because if it's the amount of struggle and the amount of effort, is that me actually optimising my, my, my potential? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because this is something a lot of like black women in particular can relate to. Like struggle is, is not a rite of passage that you need to experience before happiness at all. And so many of us need to unlearn this. But unfortunately, mm. like society does not do a great job, particularly with black women and some of the um, the material that we take in when it comes to uh telling black women that struggle needs to be faced for happiness and even just recently I was on Twitter and I was seeing like videos from these pastors in the church and they were talking about like struggle and romanticizing struggle and I thought you know what this is all part of the problem whether it's like religious leaders whether it's Hollywood movies whether it's hip-hop whether it's is uh, lyrics um, in songs, whether it's um, family members, aunties, grandparents, fathers, uncles, telling women in particular, you need to be a ride or die, you need to be down for your man, you need to support him, you need to be his this, his that, through everything. And I think, like, that is one thing that I had to unlearn, and, and that's why I wrote about that, look, every relationship, any kind of relationship has ups and downs, but ups and downs are challenges you face together, not challenges you face on your own because the person doesn't respect you. And um, I think it's so important for for people to remember, and women in particular, to remember that, you know what, sometimes you do struggle through no fault of your own. Sometimes you do have to face certain hurdles, but it is not a rite of passage. It is not a trophy. It is not a badge of honour. And everything you want can also be acquired without pain is mm. but I I've learned um as I've gotten older that you can achieve success you can achieve love you can achieve fulfillment in life without feeling like you need to struggle through everything yeah there's something beautiful about turning 30 that 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 oh, oh, the, the weight that is lifted it's like yes I, I genuinely thought like you know yeah if it uh you know it was a badge of honour because I, I can be the underdog and I will get through and I, w- I will make it, but I don't know how, but I'm going to make it, you know, like, or well, I'm going to get this, but it, but in the meantime, you know, what I'm going through now is like a necessary evil to get there. And then you get to a place where you're like, actually, like, no, this is, this is, this is not fun. And, and I think my thing for next year is enjoyment. My value mm. in myself is actually enjoyment with a H in front of it. <laughs> I love that enjoyment. Enjoyment. <laughs> like I want to enjoy everything that I have achieved, everything that I'm presently doing, every aspect of life. There needs to be enjoyment, and it's not put on, on my boxing gloves and fighting my way through it anymore. Yeah, I love that. Tiring. Yeah. You said about endings and, you know, things, you know, coming to an end and, and obviously in some cases in a, in, a, in a great way it can be a natural end just because of priorities changing. But when you have to end something um, based on your value not being met or, or, or treasured and you've done sort of, you know, the above things, you've, you've, you've worked on yourself, you've worked inwardly, 
you you know you you know that you're good at what you do but still let's say in a workplace you're not feeling valued when is the right time to call it a day and how do you do that I think um it's a tricky one because like obviously there's different contexts like and and context definitely applies to how lack of recognizing your value is being manifested so it might be something as small as like oh um they didn't give you a pay rise when they gave someone else but it could be something as major in the workplace for example as discrimination so it or 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 workplace bullying so context definitely applies but hypothetically let's say that you're in a situation and your value isn't being recognized and it's a workplace setting um i think it's really important and and even outside of workplace settings if it's if your safety isn't being compromised your mental health and your emotional well-being and you feel like you know what i want to stay in this situation for whatever reason i would say the first step is having that conversation. And, and another thing I wrote about in my book was that um, uncomfortable conversations are required for comfortable relationships and that's every kind of relationship. Mm. And it might be calling uh, a boss, for example, and, and or saying, look, I want to have a meeting to discuss um, my salary. And that the thought of that, especially in Britain, where we don't like to talk about money, um, makes people really uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, like the thought of like talking to someone and talking about like, demanding more asking for more but closed mouths don't get fed and I learned that the hard way but I think it's important if you feel like your value isn't being recognized to have that conversation but just have it in this like polite and nuanced way and I think one one great way to have it is is it have an evidence-based conversation because it's all great saying I don't think you recognize my value but where are the receipts so um, bring proof of campaigns you've worked on or work you've done or metrics, whether that's vanity metrics or listener metrics or bring reviews, bring um, feedback that has reflected the fact that actually you are darn good at what you do mm. and you, what what is being recognised doesn't align with the value you actually bring. So I think bringing receipts applies. Sometimes it's people won't recognise your value I, I will say this as well. Sometimes people won't recognize your value in the way you want to be recognized, but they still recognize it. And that's a caveat I want to add because I'm thinking now about love languages. And you know how they say like everyone likes to be loved differently and everyone has a different love language. Yeah. One thing I've realized, because I've been in this position where I've accused people of not seeing my value, my family members. I've been like, no one appreciates me. I do so much for this family. I'm so upset. And then I had to take a step back because when I had my uncomfortable conversation, I realized, Tony, your value is being recognized. It is just not being recognized in the way you want it recognized. And having that conversation helped open my eyes. And and I had to say to the people close to me that, okay, you know what? Actually, I know you love me. I know you do see my value. But because you don't do this, this and this, sometimes I don't see it. So I would appreciate it if you could try and be more mindful of like how I like to receive recognition and it's not how you like to receive recognition and that changed the game for me too Mm, that's a really um that's a really sort of vulnerable and open place to be in because it it is bearing everything to to someone isn't it you know thinking of you and your family or 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 in a in a sort of um sort of romantic relationship to say to someone you know this is how I want my value to be shown yeah. you know but you're right because sometimes we 
we, we we assume that people are in our heads and they know what we're thinking and feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but also, yeah, I think I think um, everybody needs it in different ways. And I think that, again, goes back to if you look sort of like psychologically, I think I'm, I'm like, a, I think of like, there's a, like an A-star student complex. Mm, and it's yeah. like the need to be told that you're good the need to be t- to reassured that you're doing something right it's the nod it's the look it's the it's the well done and it's the thumbs up you know yeah and kind of realizing that actually sometimes yeah either someone can't always give you that or you need to d- give it to yourself actually oh yeah sometimes you definitely have to be your biggest cheerleader a lot of the time actually yeah, it's it's such a journey to go on. I think if I, you know, I I I hope that we have lots of young listeners to this to this podcast, and I make this podcast for like the twenty one year old me, you know, the nineteen year old yeah. me, the first person that stepped into the BBC building. But all the things that we speak about now are like the journey that you will go on and that you will experience, and the ups and the downs, and it's like not o- overnight. But I feel like at some point you will remember this conversation in your in your low moment you remember this conversation <laughs> yeah. of me and tony talking about <laughs> talk about value and you're going to be like actually hold on a minute zone in and 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 find it so i guess my my last in things would be um kind of like rounding up and summing up what we've spoken about um thinking about value as a whole how do we protect our value i think there are loads of ways you can um protect your value. I think one way is to be mindful of the company you keep um, because the company you keep has a direct impact on how you see yourself a lot of the time. And if you have friends or acquaintances that are quite negative and quite nasty or quite envious or or belittle you, that has a direct impact. So protect your value in that way. Another way to protect your value is to be kind to yourself when it comes to how you speak to yourself. So yeah, don't use self-deprecating language. Don't beat yourself up even when you make a mistake and treat yourself how you would treat other people. And if you would be compassionate and kind to other people, do that to yourself. Uh, Another way I think to protect your value includes um, asserting your boundaries and trying not to be a people pleaser. I think sometimes we think we're more valuable if we are valuable to others, but sometimes that can have really negative implications on, on our value because we end up um, diluting ourselves or depleting ourselves because we're trying to please other people. And sometimes protecting your value involves saying no to people and not doing things you don't want to do, even if that means you'll make someone happy um, in the process. Sometimes you just have to refuse. Um, I think another thing is uh, protecting your value also involves holding people accountable for kind of their mistakes and and ways they've hurt you. I think sometimes we can be quite quick to self-blame. Someone does something to hurt us and we think it's a reflection of us as opposed to a reflection of them and their their ability to make decisions. And as an adult, sometimes we just need to hold people accountable and say, you know what, this person did not recognize my value because they did this and that is their fault because they also did that and this and it's not a reflection of me. Um, and protecting your value is also about, I could go on forever, but I'll say one last one because we'll be here all night. But affirming that you are deserving of good things. And I think you need to repeat this until this becomes a habit mm. and a self-belief and reminding yourself that, you know what? I am deserving of happiness. I'm deserving of respect. I'm deserving of love. I'm deserving of joy. And and even if you don't believe it when you say it, keep saying it and, and say it as much as 
you need to until it instills in you. So I think just telling yourself you are deserving is, a, is another key way to just protect your inner value. Yeah, and that takes us kind of back to where we started and what we believe value is and, and, and what you said about, it, you know, knowing that you deserve good things and that you are worthy of it. And, and like I said uh, in the podcast, enjoyment. <laughs> that is what life has to be about, your relationships, your friendships, your work life. Um, it has to be enjoyment because, you you know, that, that without that, it's, 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 it's not worth us going through, the, going through the wire for it. It really isn't. Thank you so much, Tony. You're a wizard. Oh, you speak so well. You're like, oh, thank yeah. Thank you so much. You're, you're, you're like a walking quote. Like I could just pull out so much <laughs> great great things, honestly. You're just a diamond. That's going to be my next Halloween costume, walking quote. <laughs> I love that. Yes, please. <laughs> that felt like the best therapy session ever. <laughs> Everybody needs a Tony Tone as a cheerleader in their corner. I, that was the first time I've ever spoken to her. Um, we've never met. We've never spoken before, apart from in that recording that you just heard. And I left feeling, and my producer left feeling, so warm, so empowered, and so ready to know our value and assert it. So thank you so much to Tony Tone. What I really took away from that was, one, you are deserving. I am deserving. We are all deserving of enjoyment. And lastly as well, I like the fact that she said that it's not about being revolutionary. It's not about saying what hasn't been said. But what she is there to do is to remind us of what we know deep down inside. Thank you, Tony Tone. Thanks for being here for this episode of the DIY Handbook. I've been Jam Supernova. And if you like what you heard, then just let me know. Leave a review, talk to me on socials. And please, please subscribe because there's more great information, stories and advice to come in future episodes.